Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Awaken Your Path to Wellness podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Barb Wolger, naturopathic doctor. The human body is this complex and intricate system, and it has countless processes working harmoniously to maintain our health and our vitality. And among those vital processes, the endocrine system plays a really important role with the thyroid gland acting as kind of like the central conductor. Now, in this podcast episode, I'm going to shed light on the thyroid, its responsibilities, the intricate web of issues that arise when it doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, leading to something called hypothyroidism. And I'll also explore the differences between autoimmune and normal or primary hypothyroidism. I'll also cover the signs and symptoms of a struggling thyroid, and I'll discuss some strategies to improve thyroid health, as well as emphasizing the importance of comprehensive lab testing for an accurate diagnosis. So to get started, we kind of need to know what the thyroid is. So the thyroid gland is a small butterfly-shaped structure that's located in the front of the neck, and it's often underestimated as far as its significance. However, I want you to understand that the role of the thyroid is really far-reaching, and it acts as the body's master regulator for metabolism. The thyroid primarily produces two essential hormones, one called T4, which is the inactive form, and another one called T3, which is the active form. And these hormones influence nearly every cell and system in the body. These hormones control the rate at which your body utilizes energy, synthesizes proteins, and manages overall growth and development. Next, we need to understand what hypothyroidism is. And hypothyroidism is a condition that occurs when the thyroid gland starts to underperform and it leads to this insufficient production of thyroid hormones. Now, there are two main types of hypothyroidism, one with an autoimmune component and one that does not have an autoimmune component. But it's important that we explore the key distinctions between these two forms because it changes our treatment. So the first one is autoimmune hypothyroidism, or more commonly known as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Autoimmune hypothyroidism is probably the most common cause of hypothyroidism. It arises when the body's immune system mistakenly attacks the thyroid gland, gradually causing its deterioration. This autoimmune assault is often accompanied by the presence of specific antibodies such as antithyroid peroxidase or anti-TPO and antithyroglobulin antibodies. And these are antibodies that can be measured through a blood test. The other form of hypothyroidism is called normal or primary hypothyroidism, and it's typically due to factors unrelated to autoimmune disease processes. It often results from issues within the thyroid gland itself, or from medical treatments, or an insufficient intake of essential nutrients like iodine. 
A common example is iodine deficiency, which can hinder the thyroid's ability to produce hormones. Now, hypothyroidism manifests through a wide range of symptoms, and they can vary in severity and presentation among individuals. But recognizing these signs is important for a prompt diagnosis and effective treatment and management. So some common symptoms of hypothyroidism include fatigue and weakness, this constant feeling of tiredness and reduced physical strength, unexplained weight gain and difficulty in shedding pounds, feeling unusually sensitive to cold temperatures, brittle hair, dry skin, or even hair loss, unexplained muscle and joint discomfort and tension, difficulty in passing stool and having irregular bowel movements, depression, anxiety, and mood swings, reduced mental sharpness, memory problems, and difficulty concentrating. We can see changes in menstrual cycle length and intensity, sometimes a deepening or a hoarse voice, We also see puffiness in the face, particularly around the eyes, and high cholesterol levels that often don't respond to dietary changes. So as you can see, there are many different symptoms, and it's not that you're going to have every single symptom. Some patients or individuals will only have three or four. Some will have more. So maintaining optimal thyroid health is essential for overall well-being. And while there's not a one-size-fit-all solution, we have several strategies that can significantly enhance thyroid function. And we're going to start with dietary choices like we always do because we have control over this. So we need to have a well-rounded and balanced diet that includes a variety of whole foods such as fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and healthy fats. We want to avoid the excessive consumption of processed foods, refined sugars, and unhealthy fats, which can negatively impact overall health. We also need adequate hydration. It's essential for our overall health, and that includes our thyroid function. We have to drink enough water throughout the day to support our metabolic processes and help our body function optimally. Now, some other foods that are more specific to the thyroid include iodine-rich foods. Iodine is a fundamental component of thyroid hormones, and an adequate intake is essential for proper thyroid function. So some iodine-rich foods include sea vegetables like kelp, nori, dulce, and seaweed. We also see it in seafoods such as cod, tuna, and shrimp. And shellfish like oysters and mussels are also rich in iodine. We also have selenium-boosting foods. Selenium is critical for the conversion of that inactive T4 hormone to the active T3 hormone. So we can incorporate selenium-rich foods into our diet, which include Brazil nuts and sunflower seeds. When we're having Brazil nuts, snacking on a couple of these each day can actually almost meet some of your selenium needs. Poultry, such as turkey and chicken, um, are also options that contain selenium. We want zinc-containing foods. So zinc is essential for the synthesis of those thyroid hormones. So things like lean meats, uh, beef, pork, and lamb, 
chicken and turkey are also high in zinc. And in the legume family, beans, lentils, and chickpeas are great plant sources of zinc. And finally, we need fiber for good digestive health. As I mentioned, constipation is a common symptom of hypothyroidism, and a high-fiber diet can help alleviate that issue. So incorporating high-fiber foods such as whole grains, oats, quinoa, brown rice, fruits, berries, apples, pears, some vegetables, leafy greens, broccoli, and carrots are all going to be beneficial. We do sometimes have to make sure that we're not consuming too many goitrogenic foods. These are foods mainly from cruciferous vegetables and soy products. And so foods like broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and kale, as well as soy products can be problematic for some people, but they can be lightly cooked to reduce their goitrogenic properties. There are also thyroid supportive supplements that we can introduce alongside lifestyle factors. Now, these are just common ones that I use. They're not all of the supplements, but I thought I'd touch on the main ones. So there's L-tyrosine, which is an amino acid that serves as a crucial building block for thyroid hormones. There's also selenium supplements that can be beneficial, especially for individuals with selenium deficiencies, and it helps to ensure optimal thyroid function. Ashwagandha is also a really great supplement for thyroid health. It's an adaptogenic herb, and obviously it's also used to manage stress, but it also helps with thyroid-stimulating hormone and supporting thyroid function. Now, if you have Hashimoto's or we have antibodies in the picture, then that often results in high levels of thyroid antibodies, anti-TPO and anti-thyroglobulin, and two very important supplements that have been shown to be beneficial in reducing those are black cumin seed and inositol. Now, with Hashimoto's, we actually are very careful not to give supplements that contain iodine, as we often find this makes some of these antibodies even worse. Finally, we have to look at stress management. Stress can have a significant impact on the thyroid, and understanding the connection is really crucial in managing thyroid health. So just some of the ways that stress affects the thyroid is it disrupts hormone regulation. So it triggers the release of stress hormones, such as cortisol from the adrenal glands. And while cortisol is essential for that fight or flight response, chronic stress can lead to this overproduction of cortisol. And that chronic elevation of cortisol is going to disrupt the balance of other hormones, including those produced by the thyroid gland. We also see that it affects the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, the HPA axis, which is responsible for regulating various hormonal systems in the body. And so when we have this prolonged stress, the HPA axis becomes dysregulated and it impacts the production and release of thyroid stimulating hormone or TSH from the pituitary gland. TSH is vital for thyroid function as it stimulates the production of thyroid hormones. We also see a reduced conversion of T4 to T3 when there's a lot of chronic stress in the picture. 
And we also know that stress can contribute to the development or exacerbation of autoimmune thyroid conditions, such as Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Chronic stress weakens the immune system and increases inflammation, which potentially can trigger or worsen autoimmune responses against the thyroid gland. And finally, stress can influence the levels of thyroid antibodies, particularly antithyroid peroxidase antibodies, the anti-TPO. Elevated anti-PO antibodies are associated with autoimmune thyroid disorders, and that stress is just going to exacerbate that immune response and produce symptoms. So implementing stress reduction techniques such as meditation, yoga, deep breathing exercises, getting out in nature are all going to mitigate that impact of that chronic stress and the thyroid We also want to make sure we're engaging in regular physical activity to support metabolism and support overall health. And finally, we need to prioritize good quality sleep to facilitate thyroid hormone production and overall wellness. And before I end this podcast episode, I want to talk about the importance of comprehensive lab testing. It's essential to underscore the significance of thorough lab testing when diagnosing thyroid conditions. Unfortunately, conventional medicine often relies solely on the measurement of TSH, or also known as thyroid-stimulating hormone levels, which may not provide a complete picture of thyroid function. TSH is really just measuring the communication of the brain to the thyroid, It does not actually tell us anything about the thyroid or its hormones. If you've been experiencing a number of hypothyroidism symptoms, possibly even despite being on medication, then I encourage you to ask for a comprehensive thyroid panel. A thyroid panel includes measurements of TSH, free T4, free T3, and your thyroid antibodies, anti-TPO, and anti-thyroglobulin. This is vital if we want an accurate assessment of what is going on with the thyroid. Hypothyroidism is a condition that can significantly impact one's quality of life, but it is manageable and treatable with the right approach. By taking charge of your thyroid health and working closely with a healthcare professional such as a naturopathic doctor, it is possible to embark on a journey towards better health and vitality. I hope you found this helpful. And until next time, take good care. Thank you so much for listening to the Awaken Your Path to Wellness podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you could leave a review. That is how more people will be able to create a healthier and happier life. Please remember that this podcast does not constitute medical advice. It's important to consult your healthcare practitioner regarding treatment options to make sure they are safe and effective for you. Stay healthy and be well.